Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls. We are going to talk some ACC spring updates today. And this episode, guys, is going to really be about Clemson. We've got to talk Clemson, what's going on there with some recent updates from the spring. We're going to do um, in, a, in a, our next episode for spring updates, a Florida State episode. These two teams that I think every ACC fan, no matter who you're a team of, you're interested in what's going on, keeping track of those institutions. But first, let's talk about where on earth we are. I am in Connecticut. Mac, tell the people where you are. I'm in in the great unknown in the West, uh, the Northwest in in Seattle, Washington. I've got to tell you, KG, um, the trip out here was not ideal. Uh, About a six and some change flight. Mm. I know it's it's first class and that's great, but is it really enough? Like, is it big enough? That's the question. Oh, you bougie now. No, it's just, I need a, I need like a recliner. If I'm going six hours of sitting, it's miserable. And this is the deal. I'm going to turn sideways. This is the much recline I get right here. I don't, know when we that. I don't know when we change from like really reclining to like this much, um, but it was brutal. So mm-hmm. that was a not fun flight. But this place is is amazing. I mean, I've never been. I've been to uh, San Fran once to watch the drubbing uh, that Clemson put on uh, Alabama there. But that was the only time I've been been out this way. So it's a really cool spot. Had some amazing seafood last night. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, excited. I'm excited to be in the uh, in, in Lumen Field uh, where the 12s hang out uh, to, to watch the Seattle Sea Dragons kick it off. When you guys hear this, this game will be long over, but uh, excited to, uh, to experience this. Mac, that is so cool to be in the Seahawks Stadium. That stadium always looks awesome on TV. And... I think I said this last week because I, when I did one of our intros last week, I thought you were in Seattle, but you obviously weren't. And I knew that. So now you're in Seattle. But I have said this before. I think the Seattle Sea Dragons is honestly maybe the best mascot in the whole world, perhaps besides the Seattle Kraken. Like Seattle's just doing it big with their mascots. And so respect to that. What did what did you get last night? What kind of seafood did you get? Now I just want to live vicariously. Oh come on! Okay, now we, we get to really talk about this. All right, so I, I started, you know, because I do courses uh, when I dine. You don't just you know you don't just get a salad like KG loved to do. We'll talk about that in a second here. But uh, started with this awesome seafood chowder. It was like local shrimp, scallops, uh, crab, some potatoes, some corn. Super good. Um, and then they had these like I think they're called dungeon crabs. Have you heard of these? Dunches, crabs, really good. Had like two clusters of those. Um, and then fresh halibut. The halibut Ooh. literally swam up uh, to the restaurant that day from Alaska. Uh, really, really good. Had some like some type of bottom stuff. I have no idea what it was. Uh, really nice butter sauce. It was absolutely killer, KG. It was amazing dinner. Amazing dinner. How all nice. The while, by the way, all the while, I'm just sitting looking at beautiful Seattle. I was like across the ocean, I guess it's the ocean or a gulf or something. I'm across it just looking at Seattle. It, it was beautiful. It was a great, great time. Great time. How nice of the halibut to swim down from Alaska just to be right. your dinner. Just for me. Just for me. I thought How that was nice really him. <laughs> Yeah, guys, Mac is Mac is living. That does sound quite right. delicious. Quite delicious. Right. So how's the, uh, how's the ESPN Cafe? It's pretty good. 
always great, <laughs> always elite. Honestly, the, the cafeteria at ESPN is really good. They can, they make a lot of different stuff and you can like go up there and order whatever you want. So it's always good. And of course the peanut butter balls, got to get those, got to get that protein when you're late in the night and you're talking basketball. So always love those. But Mac, you know, speaking of delicious things, we did talk about the Ingles salad bar last week on social media and on the pod. And if you missed our video, go check it out on YouTube. It's on YouTube shorts on my social media, on Mac social media. And I love the Ingles salad bar. I've told people this many, many times for many, many years. It's the goat. It's the best in the game. And Mac, it was interesting though, because I posted my salad video and you had to add on there at the end. You got to watch the video until the end. And you said, salad, we're talking salad. So I feel like we have some meat content coming. Now, before we hear about what you're cooking, Mac, let's watch this video from Ingles about their amazing meat selection. Did you know Ingles only sells USDA choice and prime cuts of meat? Maybe it's time to reward yourself. Our butchers cut all our meat fresh in the store every day. Grass-fed, organic, you name it. Not only that, we'll even cut it to order just the way you like it. And we grind meat fresh in the store multiple times a day. It's all in the bag. That's the best meat in town for the best folks in town. Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. KG, come on. I mean, you know, I get it. That That's kind of been your thing for a very long time. So it was natural. It was organic that that's where we started with mm. organic lettuce. And that was great. I was glad that we did that. But it's all about the meat. Come on. You guys just saw that video. The quality that Ingles has, it, it's unmatched. And so I wanted to do kind of a light transition. You guys will see this on my social media if you haven't already. Posted it last night. Um, I went from, you know, not just straight meat to a little bit of lettuce. And that's a taco. Oh, ground how beef, nice of you. you know, that, that Eagles has right there. They make it for you right on however many pounds you want, whatever you need. They grind it up. They, they produce it for you. And it's just so fresh, so good. So go check that out on my Instagram, Twitter, wherever you can find. YouTube will have a short video of it, I'm sure, uh, of my Taco Tuesday at the Mac Lane House. Just a little slight. Just wanted to get you know us transitioned. We'll go heavy duty you know, next week and into some real meat diving there. Yeah, I feel like the the salad spotlight is over. It is now time <laughs> to talk meat with Ingles. But go check out your local Ingles. Find one near you. You can get a salad and some meat. You can get a, a nice little balance there. So, Mac, it's time for some spring ball updates. All right. There's some things that have been happening. Spring ball has begun. I know that some schools are also taking spring break either this week or next week. And so you kind of have that in between spring ball. And I want to start with actually some amazing news. It's not necessarily Clemson related. Then we'll talk all Clemson here on this episode. Virginia running back Mike Hollins was a full participant on the opening day of spring practices and has continued to participate. He, of course, was shot in the back during that terrible Virginia tragedy about four months ago, but has fully recovered and is back at spring practice. Mac, that, that is honestly one of the most incredible things I've ever heard. So just wanted to share that good news here. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. When I saw that, you know, you, you just have so much joy for him, you know, in, in a dark place that he's been in and, and with those teammates and can't, again, imagine every yeah. time we talk about it, it's just it's just evil what happened. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for him to be back, I, I think that it's it's something that will not only encourage, but just kind of you know boost the rest of his team and, and thinking, you know, horrible thing that he had to go through that now he's back, like cherish Every moment, like I think of all these different examples of, of just terrible things that happen to guys, whether it's 
you know, illness, sickness, devastation, family, all this craziness. And then once they get back and they're in kind of this, this realm that just takes you out of everything, like football, basketball, whatever sport you play, like it just takes everything away for, for a little bit of time. Um, and and you're, you can just be free and you can just go do what you love. And I know Mike is, is so excited to be back. I know his teammates are excited that he's out there and you're really cool to, 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 You'll be able to say that now in spring ball, um, and, and he's ready to go. Love it. And how inspiring for the rest of the team, too. I, I just I wanted to share that good news here on the pod. Okay, Mac, let's dive into the Clemson Tigers and just some of the things that we have seen and read about spring ball so far. I think the biggest thing we should start with, of course, is Garrett Riley and the addition of a new offensive coordinator at Clemson. Cade Klubnick went on ACC Network. He talked about Garrett Riley, and what we can expect from this new offense. This was his quote, Mac. It's just electric. I think that's going to be the best way to describe this offense. We have the best defense in the country. We get to go against them every day. We are returning two of the best running backs in the country as well. And he also added, we are not here to just have another year. We are here to win it all. And then he added this. I think this is really interesting. He said, we went into a game last year with 80 plays, and now we're going in with 30-ish plays. He said, it doesn't matter if they know what the play is, we're still going to be able to beat them at it. So that's interesting because I've never, I've never thought of this Clemson offense, even pre-Garrett Riley, to have that number of plays. Sure. And maybe you can, obviously, Mac, you would know a lot better, but walk me through what, you, what you're thinking when you see these, these comments from Cade. Yeah, well, really, um, I mean, it, it's good when your quarterback's excited about what they're doing. And yeah. when he uses words like electric and explosive and fun, I mean, that, that means, you know, Clemson's pushing the ball downfield. And, and something that, you know, quite frankly, for a couple of years, we, we just didn't see. Now, whether that was lack of, of ability or lack of playmakers to do so, however you want to look at it, um, or just lack of calling it, uh, you know, we hadn't seen that. And, and so now the things that I'm hearing is, is Clemson is – you know, doing much more of that in practice, you know, taking shots, which subsequently I know we're talking about offense right now, but that helps the DBs too, yeah. right? Like that's practice. That's guys going downfield, trying to make plays on offense or defense. Um, hearing about like the starting, you know, throwing drills that, that Clemson's doing where it's the middle of the field. Like we're pushing the ball downfield, open things up. Like that just helps everybody go. Right. And, and so th- again, things that we hadn't seen in, in, you know, great effect, you know, for, for Clemson to be able to do. So I think people are really excited about that. Um, obviously, every time you hear about these players talking and then the things that they're doing, um, I, I can't wait to see with my own eyes. Uh, I, I'll be calling Clemson's spring game. I'll go down there for a couple of days, see some practice. So I, I can't wait to see that uh, and just talk with Coach Riley. But, yeah, I mean, when, when your QB's feeling that confident, you know, in, in the first week or so of spring ball – that's that's a good thing, and I think what's really important too is is that uh you know that end quote there. We're we're not just playing you know ball. We're we're going to win. Like that, mm. that's where you know, Clemson all. was. Yeah, that, that's where they were. You know, for for this five six seven year stretch, kind of took a two year hiatus, and now you know you think are they back to doing that? Um, I, I certainly think it's it's more than possible. Well, a new sense of urgency, perhaps offensively, which. You know, this team, when you when Clemson has won national titles, you alluded to going out to San Francisco and watching that blowout. They've had great defenses, but they've also scored in the 30s and 40s to win those titles, even scored in the 40s when they lost a title to Alabama. And what you're mentioning, sorry about that, Mac, when, you, <laughs> when you're when you're mentioning uh, pushing the ball downfield, 
Klubnik also added this. He said, it's fun. You're running around, getting set, snapping the ball, getting six yards. Then you're taking a shot. Then six more, six more, then taking a shot. It's just fun. That's the best way to describe it. So it seems the screen pass is not completely disappearing, <laughs> which, but Clemson has, prior to this last era, Clemson was really effective with the screen pass, getting four yards on first down and then being able to open things up. So I think you'll definitely see a lot more deep shots. That's a great sign. And that's something that this offense has missed. I would add this too. And we talked about this when, when Garrett Riley was hired, the Riley tree, whether it's Lincoln, Garrett, whatever, they are known for quarterback play and air raid and all this stuff, but they also are very, very intent on running the ball. Always yeah. have been. And so I do think the run game is still going to be super important. And Klubnik says we've got two of the best running backs in the country. And I've been noticing that different things on Twitter, wherever I'm just, you know, looking around. I feel like Will Shipley is just not getting the pub, the respect, the buzz that yeah. other running backs are nationally. What is up with that? Yeah, I think it's weird. I think the same for Moffa. I think both those guys, you know, yeah. are – I mean, it's been evident last year, the things that they've done in, in Will the, the year before, uh, man, that they're really good players. And I think if you look and see, okay, what did TCU do offensively? They ran the ball a ton. So just imagine what the exactly. offense is going to look like with a player of the caliber of Will Shipley, with you know Phil Moffa. That one-two punch is going to be tremendous. And, and so for me, KG – that's where I think kind of the underlying piece that I'm excited to see. Uh, just w what's the scheme? Is it duo? Is it inside zone, outside zone? Is it a combination of all of those? What is his bread and butter going to be? Because for, for us, when I was playing, and I know thereafter, it was inside zone. Like, that's just what we did. If we needed to play, we're going inside zone, maybe a power, maybe a counter. Um, but that was our bread and butter there. What is his going to be? What is this offense going to look like? Because I think the versatility piece – with really both those guys, everyone kind of thinks more of you know Will Shipley just because you know he's been up for these other awards and the things that he does in the return game. Uh, but they're both you know pretty versatile in, in catching the football yeah. on the backfield, yeah. the things that they can do. Um, so it's two chess pieces that keep it under the radar. That's great, <laughs> you know. Let them do their thing and and you know let them kind of function with low pressure uh, from an outside perspective because I think they're only going to blow everything out of the water that we might think they can do. Yeah. And I'm also intrigued to see how much Klubnik is used in the run game as well. I think that's right. going to be really interesting. And perhaps with Shipley, just talking about Shipley for a second, because he is kind of the bell cow when you look, even though Moffa is going to get tons of run. But I think, you know, it's similar to when you follow a Trevor, you follow a Deshaun. I mean, you're, you're the guy that replaced Travis Etienne. So it's, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to say, oh, this guy's playing at the same level as Etienne. He, Etienne is most likely the greatest running back in the history of the ACC. So I think maybe some national people look at Clemson and they say, oh, he's not Etienne. But <laughs> who is Etienne? We've seen what Etienne was do is doing in the NFL with the Jags. So I think there's part of that with Shipley. I'm also interested to see if they use Shipley a little more in the passing game. Try to just be – it's just the creativity, Mac. It's it's the creativity that we need to see. And then, you know, the E word that I used all year that our listeners are probably tired of me using, but the explosiveness, you have to be explosive. You have to get big plays. You can't just line up there starting on your own 20 and expect to get five every play and go score. I mean, that's just – that's not going to happen. So I'm excited to see where the creativity 
comes from? Because I really assume there will be more offensively. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And again, don't forget about, you know, the talented tight ends that Clemson is going to have as as well. I mean, there's weapons to be at his disposal. When, when Kate, you know, is talking about Antonio, who was a, a freshman All-American, you know, last year, Cole Turner came on, exploded onto the scene in, in his last couple of games there. Adam Randall is a guy that I think there's some big expectation there because he, he's, he's hurt, a big though. target. I, I know. He, he seems like he's always hurt. And, and I think that that's the case that's where the it's problem. like – bigger receivers that Clemson has had recently is you can't stay healthy. And so, you know, is it something that's super minor and he'll be fine because, you know, we, we've seen his talent and kind of same thing with Bo Collins. Bo has been dealing with the injury bug a little yeah. bit this, this yeah. last season and a half as well. But uh, I think guys will emerge. I think there's some young bucks that are hungry. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think what we saw starting in that North Carolina game is the QB position can make everybody better. It can re- elevate and rise the talent and, and get people going. So there might be guys that and maybe we either forgot about or don't quite know about yet that also step up and, and you know end up having really good years at, at the receiver position. That that's one thing that you know, I'm really kind of watching is can Clemson get back to that wide receiver U spot that man for a run there it was going with anybody in the country in regard of talent. And that's, I think, the the big question. And of course, injuries are a concern. Bo Collins will be able to participate in individual drills, but is still limited. This spring, Adam Randall will miss the spring with a knee injury. So of course, I feel like any Clemson fan reads that and they're like, oh, here we go again. But there's other guys that that Cade can work with when you look at Antonio Williams and Cole Turner, of course. And just a, there's some other really big names. But th- that's still a little concerning, I think, from an injury perspective, Mac. What's the biggest thing when you go to these practices and you call the spring game? And of course, we will have another episode to recap all that because Mac will be there. Um, what, what's the biggest thing that you think we need to see or that you want to see from Club Nick when you go to practice? And I know in a spring game, it's not live that we'll see what they do. But generally, you don't you don't let them touch the quarterback. You know, for me, it, it's just going through his reads quickly. Um, you know, that Tennessee game. It just was a little overwhelming at times, and he played yeah. really well. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you know, the, I felt like there was almost too much on his plate, and that caused him to slow down a little bit, not in the good way, um, as a player, and just not be able to process things as quick. Um, and, and maybe it's even just that freshman ability where he thinks it's still high school. I'm faster, yeah. stronger, better it's, than everybody. That's else. still open, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not the case. So, you know, I think just anticipating quicker, like having answers quicker and, and throwing the ball away is good. Like that's mm-hmm. not that's not a bad thing. You know, I think so many guys, we saw Sam Howell be kind of cursed with this. He, he just tried to hold on so long and eventually, you know, would, would get sacked or lost or a negative play. So I think just seeing the operation speed up and, and you know, mm-hmm. seeing that jump from freshman to sophomore, first-year guy to second-year guy, that's where we see a really big jump from from quarterbacks, I think. And uh, seeing that from him will be really important. And, you know, I, I fully expect that. I mean, I think that he's going to be a much different player, much better player uh, when I go down and see him in the spring. Yeah, I agree, Mac. I think some of that just learning how your ability translates to the college level. I felt like at times against Tennessee, he would think, oh, I can beat this guy to the outside. And the answer is no, you can't. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's not going to happen. So learning the speed of the game and, and just learning how your abilities translate there. When he says we came into a game and maybe he's talking about the Tennessee game with 80 plays and now we're at 30. I'm just curious, Mac, for you, let's say that senior year where you guys went to the national title, 
How many plays would you go into a game with? Yeah, it, it's it's hard to think. Like, what is he calling plays? Is, is sure. it a bunch of formations? Is it motions that maybe you don't run all the time? Because I, I guarantee they don't just have you know eighty different unique running passing plays. But it's plays. variations like, off of things. Yeah, it's so many. So I, I would be interested to know how much of that. And then yeah, to to simplify things, I mean, is is the way to go. I mean, I, I remember, you know, back in the day, you know, instead of swapping film, there there was, and I forget what coach it was. Um, it might have been the Packers. It might have been Lombardi. He would just send the playbook. He wouldn't send plays and say, "Here's what we're going to run. Figure it out. If you can stop it, great." Um, Good luck. And, and so I, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, just when you execute at a high level, when you do what you do best, uh, you know, it's it's hard to stop. It's hard for other people to stop. So that's what I, I, I'm so intrigued to, to see. Um, shoot, KG, we, we probably had 30, 40, um, okay. maybe 45. And I think the, I think the more simple you can be, the faster everybody can play, right. the same page right. you're all on. It's more so the, the chess match between the OC and the DC of when to run it and how to show it. You know, it, at the end of the day, we might run, run inside zone, but we show it to you 10 different ways, mm. but it's the same play. And, and so, you know, looking at it from that perspective, I will be interested to see the motions, the formations, you know, just different ways that we can show as an offense, we can show what this is, but it's the same thing. That's interesting. Yeah. That, and it's more the, the little trickery where for a split second, a linebacker has to think, and then yes. that gets you five yards or whatever it is. Okay. Speaking of linebackers, let's talk some defense back now. We've mentioned some injuries. I'll add this on. We uh, have learned that defensive tackle Rook Aroraro and defensive tackle Peyton Page are both out for the spring. And then this is just crazy. Super senior, senior, senior defensive end Xavier Thomas once again had surgery on his foot and will be limited in spring. That guy has had the worst injury luck, maybe of any Clemson player in the Dabo Sweeney era, but we do need to get to this Peter Woods hype and Mac feels a certain way about this. And I I want Mac's real thoughts, but here's what Nick Eason said about Peter Woods, the five-star defensive tackle coming in from Alabaster, Alabama. Nick Eason, his own coach said this, Peter Woods has the twitchiness and the power and the quickness of some dominant NFL defensive lineman that I've been around. I'm not going to crown him the best ever or the best of this or nothing because proof is in the pudding. Obviously he's got to play this year, but I would say he has the talent level to obviously be an All-American, one of the best who's ever come through Clemson. And then I saw Dabo Sweeney's quotes saying he's ahead of where Christian Wilkins was. Mac, how do we feel about, because I feel like Clemson coaches have done this. Didn't Dabo say DJ had like a better arm than Trevor or something? I mean, obviously DJ had power, but how do we feel? (laughs) Um. I just don't love putting all this expectation. I know. I just like let him do it on the field. Let other people maybe say that. Um, I right. Don't know. I, right. Not maybe, your own coaches. Let the media maybe say it. Maybe KG. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. And I'll let you know uh, when we go and see it. But I just I don't love putting all that. He's already has all this pressure, and and now yeah. we're we're doing that to him. Um, but hey, they, there's been they've been super excited about him. Uh, Coach Sweeney has, even before he got to Clemson, called him the best defensive prospect in the country. Um, so th- there, there's a lot going there. There's a lot of expectation that you know. I think you know Peter Woods is going to have. And the good thing is, with, with you see at Clemson, it, it's 
there's going to be opportunity. They're going to rotate defensive guys. And, and if he's not a starter, which Clemson has great talent on the interior that came back that I assume they'll be the guy, he's going to get reps and, and he's going to be able to, to compete and really have a part in it. But I, I don't love like just in the first week and a half of spring ball, you know, comparing him mm-hmm. to some of the greatest I've ever played for Clemson. I think there's, there should be a little pause there. <laughs> Is it, it's just like, is it necessary, right? Because, I mean, he already has so much hype. He's a five-star, and he was the the gem of the class, and everyone's super excited about him coming in. Do we need to compare him to Christian Wilkins, who I think is should probably end up in the Clemson Ring of Honor for, like, the highest level of honor for a Clemson player? I, I, I don't love it, Mac. And I, like you said, the coach is saying it. When I think of the past couple years, because it didn't used to happen, because you wouldn't say – oh, Sammy Watkins is the next Sammy Watkins because you didn't really have someone to compare him to. But when players come in and you say, oh, he's faster than Sammy was on day one or he's he's more explosive than Christian Wilkins or he has a better arm than Trevor Lawrence. Like, why? Why? (laughs) Just stop. Let's please just stop doing that. And, you know, you and I, we we know Dabo. We love Dabo. Sometimes he just can't help himself. He says what he's thinking. But let's just let's keep the cards closer to the vest, Mac. That's, That's I'm right. with you on this. Let it be a secret. Let everyone figure yeah. that out. Don't we'll go telling. Now they're game planning for this guy. You're losing an edge. You're losing yeah. an edge there. Well, and you mentioned him getting time with Rook and Peyton Page being out for the spring. And Probably the guy. He's going to get yeah. yeah. He's going to get a lot of time there. Okay. Speaking of the defense, I want to talk about the secondary. And you mentioned this when we talked about Clemson trying to force the ball more downfield, especially in practice. Will that help the secondary? The secondary at times last year was probably one of the true glaring weaknesses for Clemson. And Wes Goodwin, the new offensive coordinator, he said this about his secondary. He said, we need to get more confident back there and freaking challenge receivers. That's what he said. And play more press man, tight coverage, deny releases, get our hands on guys, freaking be violent. He's throwing some freakings in there, Mac. Do you think besides the offense and just the changes, because there's just, it's, there's so much new with offense is your biggest question beyond that. The secondary, is that a fair way to put it? Uh, yeah, just cause there were so many big games that we had never seen happen to Clemson before um, in, in regards to guys going over the top. Um, just really not even competitive throws. Like guys are just wide open, you know, down the field, um, which was very rare for Clemson. When you think of the defensive backs that, you know, the Tigers have produced and guys that are in the NFL really playing at a high level still right now. Um, we, we, you know, weren't used to seeing that, you know, from Clemson. And so when we did last year, it was like, whoa, like what's going on here? And then you kind of dive into it. It's a lot of young guys, uh, a lot of inexperience, uh, and they kind of got baptized by fire there. And so I have really high expectations for that group going into this year. I, I think that the talent is undeniable. Hopefully now the knowledge piece is catching up with the physical body and, uh, you know, just that natural progression of, you know, going from a year one starter to a year two starter and and so on and so forth. I think that there's some real opportunity there. I think Clemson has the opportunity to have two of the best safeties in the Mm -hmm. league, Makuba and Mickens and some other guys that will jump in there and play. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see just, you know, what's the strength of this team because – Kind of like last year, that there there is so much potential for for what they're going to be able to do. Now, depth might not be as big a thing, you know, just because you know Clemson's losing three potential first round picks. I mean, just there's going to be a little bit of a, a drop down. Um, but I, I think just looking at that secondary and can a guy like Nate Wiggins 
really take that step of where you think, okay, this guy can be a first rounder. This guy can be a AJ Terrell type guy. That's what it'll be interesting to see. Cause again, I think that he can, he has the swagger. He has the ability, has everything you want. Can you just put it all together for a 15 game season and uh, you know, be, be shut down, you know, for your team. I think if we, you know, see the North Carolina, you know, Nate Wiggins look out, you know, cause that guy was, was, I mean, unbelievable, you know, at, at his time there, the next piece that I'm really interested to see KG is that linebacking core. I mean, yeah. I think Barrett Porter and Jeremiah Trotter are the two best linebackers in the country. They're fast, they're physical, they're explosive. Each, you know, kind of similar to what I was talking about with the running backs, you know, unique in their own way, but versatile in their own way. You know, I think that Barrett Carter is he's just weapon X. And then you got the axe man and Jeremiah Trotter that was an all American. He wasn't good enough to be all ACC, but he was good enough to be and an all American. As Dabo would say, don't forget about Woodass. That's right. And Woodass. I mean, the, the things that he did, I mean, he, he was in that Isaiah Simmons role against North Carolina floating all over the field. So this Clemson defense, I mean, they've got another shot. And I know we said that last they year do. and it was a little inconsistent, but now you've got a full year as a coordinator, you know, West figuring out Coach Goodwin, doing his thing, what he wants to be, what he has, kind of looking at all that talent. I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm excited about offense because that's what we do, but I'm really excited about this Clemson defense and, and thinking the things that they're going to be able to do you know, to folks down the line. And I, what I like about this Clemson defense, even though we talked about there are some injuries at this point, but I think you have a lot of young, hungry guys. Yeah. You yes. don't have – you know, you had some vets last year who – kind of been there, done that. Yeah, they were still trying to increase their NFL stock, whatever. But you've got a lot of young, hungry guys who are trying to prove they belong at the next level or even trying to prove they belong on the field. And I think that's going to bode well for Clemson. The linebacking court, to me, it is the thing that Clemson fans are probably most excited about. I I wouldn't say it's a question mark. Like I think that's just, you've got the talent. You're going to figure it out. The secondary is kind of the question of how that's going to look. But the linebacking core, this may be, I mean, you could compare it to last year, but the best just top to bottom if you look at the three starters that Clemson's had in a very long time. So, yeah, this defense. And, and, and that's like proven. We're, we're not just saying that. I yeah, mean, that's guys yeah. that are all Americans and, and will be on all American lists. It's not a, it's not a question of talent or production. Like that's there. Mm-hmm. And then that's, you know, kind of form an opinion on based off what you've seen. I love what you said about the hungry part uh, yeah. you know, for this team. And you mentioned it specifically for the defense. I think it's the whole team. I mean, remember again, sure. But for the, these last two years that have been below what Clemson holds their, themselves as the standard, all those guys before that had never not been to a playoff, had never not won the ACC. Well, now there's been this little bit of a hiatus from the playoff, you know, one of two of the last ACC championships. It, it's not just here we are, and there's other teams ascending. I think that Clemson is, is able to kind of redevelop that chip, which is great uh, for any team. We saw Georgia last year. People said we were going six and six. Who? Who said that? Nobody. Um, you know, so it's great to kind of develop that chip and get that back <laughs> and to really have just a hungry team that, man, I, I think it, I think it's going to be business as usual for the Tigers and, mm-hmm. and get back to what they were doing. I cannot wait to see that Florida State game. We're going to talk about them next week. I hope we oh, get yeah. it twice uh, because that's what – the ACC needs, that's what the world needs, to see that high-quality football. Um, and, man, I, I can't wait, KG. I really can't. You ended this perfectly, Mac, because we will talk Florida State next week. And I think you've got a very hungry Clemson team. I think you have a very hungry Florida State team. Yeah. A Florida State team that is probably just overall more experienced than Clemson. 
who has not tasted an ACC title in a very long time, has been through some very tough times, but they're back. And I am very excited for Florida State Clemson, hopefully two games and just the hype surrounding both of these programs. We will talk much more Florida State next week. And I'll just leave this here, Mac. Let's let's talk it next week. Let's not talk it right now. But our dear friend, Greg McElroy, who came on the pod last summer, he said Florida State is the best team in the ACC for, for next year. He's already calling that here in March. So we'll get to that next week. I think it's it's really good to have FSU back in that realm. And I think it's going to lead to some really good and exciting football. No question about it. We're going to have to get my man EJ Manuel back on this thing, too. Oh, man. He's a little confident. He's a little confident. I bet confident he is. I bet he is. Don't forget, man. Uh, but, yeah, that's it for us, guys. Another great episode. Uh, Graham Lincoln Mac Lane presented by our great friends over at Ingles. Really appreciate their support. Uh, some more fun things coming down the line with Ingles and all the great things that they do. But that's it from us, guys. If you're not watching us right now, come on. Join us over on YouTube. Subscribe. Mash that button. Really appreciate you all support over on there. Uh, and then the OGs, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we always love hearing a little feedback. So in the comment section, review section, y'all hit us up there. But until next time, we'll see y'all.